everyone, it's Naomi Sneakers, and welcome to the Firecracker Department After Show. We are here in the wilderness. That's how dedicated we are to making sure you get these episodes to your ears and your eyes and your heart. We talk in the After Show about uh, past episodes and how they resonated for us. And I get to talk with my core team members, some of my core team members. We've got AJ Edmonds, Anna Gustafson, and Emma, Emily Churchill here. Thanks so much for joining me. We are talking about uh, Annie Murphy. And you know Annie Murphy, of course, from the award-winning, fantastic hit show, Shit's Creek. All right, what did you think about this episode? I will to give you this caveat, that it was probably one of my first episodes that I ever did three years ago. And I remember like, like meditating on her and thinking about all this, like researching for days and all the different things because I was just so nervous about missing facts and then just throwing out all the information and just talking to her because she's such a lovely, funny funny woman. And uh, AJ, what did you think? Well, knowing now that it was one of the first ones you did, I actually really want you to do a follow-up because yeah. what I really got from her interview was that Shit's Creek was brand new. Yeah. And like that show somehow just gave Goodwood, Ontario life in like the US and the UK. Like it's one of the most watched TV shows internationally coming out of Canada, which is so cool. So I'd love to hear what her journey has been throughout being that character. Yeah. Um, but one of the things she was talking about was, you know, when she got the part and we've all been there, we've all sort of sat there waiting by the phone being like any moment, any moment now. And the fact that Dan made her wait <laughs> throughout that conversation, I, I was just the kind of scamp he is. I was like, he's a scoundrel. Say no to the rule. I don't want to work with someone like that. That's stressful. No, he's, he's tricky. He's a trickster. Emily, what did you think of our chat? Oh, God, I love... Well, first off, I love Shit's Creek. Um, and <laughs> I just... I'm in love with all of the characters. And then, when, yeah, when she was talking about how Dan called her, we waited two weeks, and then Dan called, and then what he did on the phone call, I was like, oh, my gosh, I would lose it. But it was also very sweet, in a sense, right? Like, yeah. after the fact, you're like, that was amazing. But in the moment, oh, my Lord. Yeah, it was great. Here's the thing about Annie I just adore. Like, first of all, if you ever – you have to go and follow her Instagram because it really is very funny. Like, she takes – like, she's gorgeous. She's a supermodel, yeah. model, gorgeous. And then she'll take these gorgeous pictures and say something like ironic or make it like tilt it in a comedic way. She's just got such a great brain in the Instagram world. I love, love following her um, Instagram feed, but she's also just like such a real person. And for having that kind of like acclaim, I mean, it's held, it's held true. She's still who she is today. Yeah. AJ. Just from the Instagram perspective, one of the last things she talked about was posting a photo of her eating pizza with her mouth open <laughs> and hand and how Dan Levy was like, you're not actually going to post that, are you? Like, that's your brand. And she was like, uh, yeah, I am. And I was like, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's so true. We get so caught up with, like, making a brand of our online personas that we we forget that we're actually real people, which is, yeah. you know, maybe just, like, a small issue that we have with social media, right? If we don't have enough smallest. people just, like, shoving pizza in their face and showing us their tongues. But she also <laughs> looks adorable doing it, so... Yeah, meant to. Anna, what do you think? I, I found myself very, um, it's so startling that this is, episode was only a couple of years ago. Because uh, I think about who this dear little conversation that you guys had and who she has become in that short time with the um, success of Shit's Creek. Like, it's just, 
it's almost like there were gaps because it's like, why are you talking to her about all the things? Because it's so like she's this massive, oh, and it happens oh, so yeah. fast. And I'm so excited for her, and I'm so, and I'm I'm sad for the show to be done. I love that they finished it with, you know, I love when a show wraps up with dignity and um, a start, middle, and an end, and it's and they don't beat beat a dead horse kind of thing. Um, I and. I'm so excited to see what she does next. So that's, I'm sad that Shit's Creek is over, but I know she has that notion of if it's not happening for you, you make it yourself. Yeah. Which is something she said that I loved and, and I can't wait to see what she does next. Like, yeah. Knows? She created a web series called The Plateaus that's really adorable, but it's something she did before Shit's Creek. So now that she has time, maybe we'll hear more about that from her. Emily, what do you think? Well, um, I just love her so much. And, um, one of the things I remember her saying was sad times gives her a time to process. So when she's in a sad time, she's okay with that because she's processing things that she hadn't processed before. And it gives you initiative to be okay in the moment, right? In those moments where you're sad and you're like, oh, I can't be sad. So yeah, I loved that. So when I hit some, uh, some rocky times, I went to a therapist for the first time and I was like, oh, I must be like, I just must be rock bottom to be here. Whereas like everybody should go to a therapist. It's really insightful. It's a really good thing to do. And she said um, that her job was to make me sadder, but wiser. And then she said that everybody dealt with sadness in their heart in the world. And I was like, what? Like, honest to God, it was such a revelation that everybody had. I don't understand. Like, cause up till then I thought if somebody was depressed, like, you know, I had the attitude of like, come on, pull up your socks, get out of it as opposed to it being something that was like like a mental illness or like chemi chemical. So it was a really big awareness for me. Yeah. What else resonated for you guys over? Yeah, AJ. Uh, when she talked about being assertive and being afraid of conflict and how when, you have to, when you're a leader on a team with her show plateaus, I know she was saying that that was a big challenge she had because she hates conflict and a huge part of leading a show as being unafraid to stand in front of someone that is a barrier and, you know, deal with that issue. And we, we don't talk about it a lot. And I found, unfortunately, my experience as a female producer, I tend to get, be met with a lot more barriers in defending myself than I ever see anybody else go through. And it's not just like, you know, standing up and saying, no, this is how it's going to work. It's me going, this is how it works. And then there's like three people that go, but why? Right. Defend right. your point. Explain yourself. Point proof analysis. And I never saw that in, you know, I, I worked with a lot of really established producers and I never watched anyone else do that. And I don't like yelling. I don't like getting angry. Um, and it's hard. It's something we do have to face, right? Because we want to be confident and assertive while also being liked and also accomplishing. So when she was talking about that, I totally understood what she meant. Emily, what do you think about that? Seems like you're nodding away. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, being a woman on set, at least in my opinion, I'm like, oh, I can't make anybody angry, right? Or I'm going to get sent home. Um, that's never happened. But in my head, it always, you know, could happen. Um, so, yeah, being a woman and being able to stand up for yourself and um, be okay with that, I think, is, is a key. Um, being okay to be assertive. Wouldn't that be great to do a workshop where it's like, I'm just going to get, it's just a conflict workshop. It's not a conflict resolution. It's just right. conflict and being able to sit in conflict and be okay with it and not get sweaty and cry. My, my mother uh, yes. works a lot in, in conflict zones. 
she spent a lot of time in, in war zones. And one of the things that she always supports when working with new environments is she says, don't go in, like stop doing conflict resolution and do collaborative forward thinking. Mm. Because as soon as you get into conflict, you auto- automatically assume you're going to fight about something. Yeah, you're, right. you're refusing to release your side of an argument to see it from someone else's perspective instead of recognizing that both sides actually have value yeah. uh, in moving forward. And it's, it's really hard to do. And I don't think we ever talk enough about how to a, be assertive in a kind and fearless way, but also, you know, be empathetic and seeing things from other perspectives. We're just, that's not a skill we're taught as kids. Yeah. What do you think, Anna? I've never been on a set before, so I don't know. I mean, you get... <laughs> you guys. <laughs> but you get, I mean, gosh, you're in the stand-up world, which is so male-dominated. You must uh, relate to what Annie was talking well, about. I, I, I um, what AJ was just saying about having to explain and defend your, you know, educated point. Like, it's just... I see that too, and it's and it's so um, doesn't exist for guys. And I I hear this story over and over and over again about how you know we we get to a position of power, and and then you you have that extra layer of having to explain the power, which is yeah. bullshit. So what are the mm. solutions to that? Like we're all in firecracker department. We're all about taking action with our intentions. So if you like, I'm not good at conflict, so how do I get better at it? Um, I, I would say that you take a second and don't react right away, but you try and really put yourself in the other person's shoes um, and see where they're coming from so that when you talk, it will be collaborative, right, instead of, no, this is, you know, I'm putting my foot down here, um, and you actually work together to come to a compromise. That's what I would think. I think a lot of what can happen in the future is actually, like, I I work really hard at turning to the guys that I'm standing beside. Mm -hmm. And I talk about this kind of stuff with them, with my brothers, with my boyfriend, even with my dad. Like, I, there, you can't explain to someone what it's like to be a woman, unless you're also a woman. You know, you can't, I can't explain to my boyfriend the... 30 years of defending why I also wanted to be outside building birdhouses and not inside cleaning the dishes and how that actually did inform who I am now and why I do tend to bend when it comes to conflict. You can't explain it. You just have to live it and then talk about it with the people that will be most affected. So like children, you know, kids that are coming up, talk to them about conflict resolution because as a child, you just throw a punch and then you walk away. I was just reflecting on what Emily said about like, take a step back and be empathetic. But I feel like I'm so empathetic. I'm not mm-hmm. empathetic to myself. So I uh, go, oh my God, I get how they feel. Oh my God, I empathize with, and I, I, I'm compassionate for how they feel. So much so that I belittle my feelings, my own things. So I think I actually need a conflict, conflict workshop where I just go in there and be like, I have to go up to people and tell them I have conflict with them one after another and just work that muscle because it makes me so uncomfortable. Well, you got to be able to have the conflict but not absorb the conflict. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, can, you can internalize it. You can take it with you. You can lose sleep. You can walk around with it. You can snap at your partner. Yes. Like, yes. You can't do that yes. shit. Like, you got you to gotta 
you got to have the conversations when they're when you're able to have the conversations for one like it, it's not always in the moment when the conflict's happening so sometimes it's got to be a little bit of time but not giving up on the conversations either like it's not just conflict well I'm I don't see eye to eye with that person and you go away you know taking the time to take a breath get your thoughts get their thoughts however you can and then have the you know circle back as they say yeah mm -hmm. learning what fights to fight is a skill that takes time <laughs> like I think that's the hardest thing about growing up for me because I I, I am I used to not be reactive I would just be, I would do the same thing. I would internalize. I'd be like, I don't feel like fighting with you because it's only going to make me feel worse. And I'd leave. And then after doing that five or six times, you realize you've established that it's okay to treat me like this and that I'm not going to say anything, but I'm taking it home and I'm losing sleep over it. And now I'm about to bubble over. Yep. And learning which of those battles are the ones that you pull someone aside and go, this really hurt and here's why. And when it comes to work conflict, I mean, there are just fundamental things. If you know how to do your job, you stick by how you do your job. If you're confident in what you do, you stick by it and you don't let other people take it from you and you remove it from yourself. Um, but it's hard. That's a skill. Maybe we should start all of our um, regular firecracker department meetings with like, let's talk about every conflict, even if they're small or big, just to like exercise the muscle. But everybody has to have something. You can't be like, oh, I have nothing today. Like, you have to actually <laughs> have a conflict. Even if it's like, I don't like the way you, I don't know. I don't know. It makes me sweaty <laughs> just thinking about it. All right. Any final thoughts about Annie, Annie's episode with the Firecracker Department? And my, my biggest takeaway also was that uh, when she got the role to audition, she was like, yes, this is this is my role. And I'm, I'm waiting for that. But I feel like that is that's the key. Like, you know, you're like, yeah. oh, I got yeah, this. She knew. Yeah. She had like that confidence. Yeah, she's awesome. I love Annie so much. I think she's I, as, as Anna said, I can't wait to see what she does next. Speaking yeah. of what are you doing next? What's going on in your world that we can find out about? My gosh. Mine is, um, uh, we're still doing the wrestling movie. It got rescheduled. Uh -huh. we're, we're filming it in July. It's just wrestling. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good to know. We'll, we'll wait for more pictures because I'm excited. But <laughs> I can't wait to see that. AJ, what about you? Uh, I wrote a short film a couple months ago, and I'm now just sort of pulling together my animators and my visual effects team. So I'm hoping to shoot that before the end of the summer. Nice. Anna? Yeah. I'm writing jokes and doing open mics. Yeah, yeah. Back, going to ground, doing doing the thing, and getting my getting my writing juju back. Like you, I love it. Sort of my years look like this: like you doing this, you doing this, and then you get get right back down to writing bad jokes and trying to do them and make people laugh. And it, it's just the hurtful part of comedy that you have to do. So, yeah, love it. We're about to launch. Um, my husband slash partner uh, Barum of the Barum and Sneakers. We're about to launch. Someone stole something, which is a uh, true crime parody that we do at a podcast about um, some Muskoka chairs that went mysteriously missing. Yes. It's pretty traumatic. Yeah, I love it. So we're going to release that in the podcast world and I can't wait to share it with you all. Thanks for spending time with me, the three of you. It's so nice to see your faces. And meanwhile, b hips down, completely covered with mosquito bites. Oh. That's, that's oh, no. focus. You're looking pale. <laughs> Basically, just like covered, just swollen. <laughs> nice to see you. Don't follow Firecracker Department on Instagram and Twitter, Firecracker DEPT. And if you haven't already, you got to subscribe to firecrackerdepartment.com and catch up.
find out what we're doing in the community and find out how you can be part of it because we have teams in Toronto, Los Angeles, and starting in the UK and New York too. So join in the firecracker fun. Thanks everybody. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.